Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. All right, welcome back, guys. It's uh, good to be back with you after it's been a little while since uh, we got to take a quick look at the book of Philippians. Last week, we, or last time, I guess, rather, I should say, uh, we we looked at through verse uh, 4 of chapter 2, and we finished up the end of chapter 1, and really just looking at the changing of your mind, that this is a wonderful church, a wonderful group of Christians. It's referred to the as the epistle of joy, but yet they had some infighting. They had the me monsters going on, as we, we talked about, that that in the process of doing some wonderful ministry and supporting Paul and looking to get the gospel out, there was, there was, some, there was some fighting and division inside the church, and they began to um, look at one another, look at themselves better than the person next to them. They began to measure their, their spirituality uh, horizontal, horizontally rather than vertically. And they began to look at look down on each other and fight with each other. And and Paul says, look, we're going to have a change of mind. If, if, if you love me, if there's any consolation, I want you to actually esteem others better than yourself. I don't want you to look only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And that led us into Philippians 4.8, which eventually we'll get back to about what to really set your mind on. And, uh, you know... Emotion follows motion, as a friend of mine would say, that, that if we change our mind, if we determine to do something, our, our emotions and our heart will, will do that. If we'll change our mind, God will change our heart. And so as we come to verse 6, this next section, Paul's going to give him the example. There's going to be three examples that are amazing, mind-blowing examples in this book. But he's going to start out with with the best, and it's going to be our Lord Jesus. And it made me think of first, before I even get there, just to remind us from John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Paul is going to, we're going to draw from the example that however you can rationalize it out in your mind, existed as God both with and was. And that we're going to look at him because there will be no greater act of humility, there will be no greater example in how esteeming others as more important than yourself. Even if what you're doing and who you are is good and right, as our Lord is and was, to look and and value other people even if it requires something precious to us being laid down. So Philippians chapter 2, picking up in verse 5, Paul says after, you know, pay attention to other people's needs and interests, esteem them. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, which is, you know, it's New King James, and uh, it's the best they could do, but it's it's basically the mindset, his his attitude that was was in him and is in him. It wasn't a momentary thing. This is the mindset of Jesus Christ. Even today, as, as Paul would remind us that 
that we have we have someone who intercedes for us, the man Christ Jesus. It doesn't say, you know, God Christ Jesus. Paul says today after the resurrection that that in his priestly ministry he still cares about, still takes the time to not only know our situation, but he's an advocate and one who pleads and labors in it. And there and there's you know there's nobody with more important things to do than him. There's no one that anything that he lays aside is precious. But to esteem others and to value others. And, and so Paul's going to, he, he dives in and says, let this be in you. Because this is, this is to follow Lord, the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And again, one of those where the English language just does not do it justice. You know, I recommend reading um, Weist, one of those old... Uh, early 1900s uh, Greek translators, I believe out of Moody Bible College, um, does an excellent job in his translation bringing out the literal meaning of this. For, for a quick cheat, you can go with the uh, living translation or the, even the, the new living translation. We'll basically bring it out this way, that who never ceased to exist as God didn't consider it something to grasp at or to covet to be equal with God. And consider that for a moment. I mean, if you can take in your mind and say, oh, you know, uh, just, just trying to fathom, measure all that God is, all that he can do, all that he enjoys, and our Lord set it aside. A literal translation like a New American Standard would say he emptied himself. Now, we know that you could still see Jesus on earth and you would see the Father, like he told Philip. But this was, this was the ability to be everywhere at once. This was all knowledge. He was dependent upon the Father, completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He had to go from being the creator to one being born to having his diaper changed, to being submitted to imperfect parents, to struggling, to working, to all these things. It says that he existed as God, but it wasn't something that he was going to cling on to. That that wouldn't hold him up. Say, no, 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 I like being God. Because we do that with our rights. We do that with even things that maybe are right and we enjoy. We say, I am not letting that go. But if we back up that few verses where Paul says, look, I want you to have a mindset that is able to esteem someone as better, more worthy than yourself. That's, that's quite a challenge. It always costs us something. It will cost us something. But it was a mindset that Jesus had, and it continues to go on and says, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. That he truly, to the same degree that he had the form, the essence, the nature of God, was the same degree that he had the form, essence, and nature of a human being and of a servant. He made himself. No one takes his life from him. No one said, oh, okay, Jesus, it's time to step down. It was something that he chose to do. 
offered himself freely. And it says, and when he did that, verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And so we just see this progression of beginning in, in being God and, and emptying himself. And then we find him again becoming a human being, fully in nature, without ever ceasing to be God, became fully human. And then not only that, he became a servant. And not just a servant, but one that was obedient. And not just obedient, but all the way to death. And not just like a noble death, where, hey man, I saved these babies in this fire because I'm a heroic firefighter. Not a noble way to go out, but to hang naked on a cross near a public road as an example of why you don't defy Rome or what, how his own rejected him. That was will, what he was willing to do. Not in fame and not in fortune, not in anything that the world at that time considered heroic, but all of that esteeming, looking for the joy that was set before him, seeing you and I, seeing yet those to be saved and esteeming them as more important than himself, more important than clinging on to all the pleasures of heaven. So this was his mindset. This was his attitude. And Paul says, I want you to begin to venture towards that. I want you to begin to build that into your life, that you're so willing to submit to the Father and to love people as he does, that there's not anything really in your life that that you're going to hang on to that tight. But it's not all some kind of, you know, self-martyrdom and then you, the greatest goal is to, to die with nothing and misery. <laughs> that's, that's not the whole story. God is not one who is a debtor to anyone. It says, because, therefore, in verse 9, or because of that, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And as we'll get into future sections, that, that begins, this whole model is not only how do we lay our life down, but why do we lay our life down? Because it's going to impact our ministry, because it's going to speak into how we live before the world. And why we live before the world, it's not just simply because it's right. It's because God will bless you. God will bless you. It's not a, it's not a, a dead-end situation where, you know, I did that and that's just where it ended. But it is something, there is something at the end of this. And Jesus went the, the greatest height to the greatest depth. He was... The servant of all, no one can touch the depths of which he served, and no one can touch the heights of which he laid down to serve others. And he has received. You know, he would say in in Matthew 28 that all power and all authority has been surrendered or given to me in heaven and on earth. That what he laid down at the resurrection or at, at the incarnation when he became a man, he took and received at the resurrection. And so much more. 
in the resurrection, he received an inheritance. He came and the, the price for his bride was paid. And now he stands with a name above every name. That, that's authority. That's character. That's power. All that's contained in, in that just strange little word called a, a name. That this living word speaks to us of where we have exalted ourselves or we're not considering or looking out for the good of others that, <laughs> that we are beginning to, to maybe just focus a little too much on ourselves to be reminded that to have the mind of Christ, to have the mind of Christ is one that is willing for the sake of the Father or the sake of others to lay it all down, knowing that knowing that the Lord will repay. And as it's going to get into, therefore, we're going to live before the world, not only because Jesus did and because Jesus was blessed in that, and God will bless you as well. Um, but we'll, we'll continue on that a little bit more later. I want to finish out with a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians 15 at the end of the chapter. Um, one of them really really impacted my life. And, and we've talked about, and we'll continue to talk a lot about servanthood in the book of Philippians, or denying self, because it was the key of unity. But as, as he finishes in verse 9 through 11, talking about God blessing, that Jesus being blessed because he laid his life down, that that there was something on the other side of that. And, and I guess it changed my life because, you know, growing up, I really thought, I, I had come to the conclusion in high school that, that life was really kind of worthless and meaningless. Um, because, you know, at that point, I had believed that the world had been spinning for billions of years and was going to continue to spin for billions of years after. And that all life was meaningless because at best you'd be remembered for a few generations but you were a blip on the radar and none of it meant anything. And then after, after getting saved and, and coming to know Jesus, I came across this verse. I had to memorize it in a discipleship class. And it, it just radically changed, transformed my heart. And it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58, but I'm going to read a couple verses before that. I'm going to begin with uh, verse 54. So when this corruption corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of, of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the verse. Therefore, because that victory in the resurrection, because our life is now in Christ, that, that we're now given eternal life. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That for the believer, because Jesus Christ rose, because he was willing to become obedient all the way to the death of the cross, and he received, we step into that inheritance. We step into that possibility and reality that for us, nothing is done in vain. 
That's, you know, it's vanity, worthlessness. That, that doesn't belong to us anymore. As we live for the Lord, as we walk in Him, as we serve Him, it, it changed my life because now everything means something. When I care about somebody, that, that's something that doesn't end in that moment anymore. Because God has something planned for us, and, and those works that He has prepared for us to walk in, they aren't just momentary things. Everything becomes spiritual. Everything becomes the opportunity to become eternal. Because Jesus Christ rose, because He had the victory, because He was willing to do that, and if I'm willing to take His mindset, God will also exalt and bless us as well in the Lord. I hope that encourages you today just to consider the greatness of Jesus Christ and let his mind be in you, not only in humility, but also in excitement to one day stand before him and he's going to bless you as well for having that mind. God bless you guys. And until then, may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. Bye.